0: Hello, listeners. The opinions expressed by the participants in the following podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent those of their law firm, government agency, or other type of organization. We now cut to our program and hope you enjoy.
1: You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to our podcast live with the
2: ABA section of antitrust law. This is Kel Jethlani and I'm the Young Lawyer Representative for the Corporate Counseling Committee. I also have with me Liz Krauss and Christian Cantona, both from the FTC Office of International Affairs. And today we're here to discuss recent developments in Latin American competition law. Joining me now, I have uh, Alejandro Cordero Macedo, Pablo Trevisan and Oscar Garcia. With that, I'd like to
0: turn it over to uh, Christian. Uh, Welcome to the show. What we see today in Latin America is truly an antitrust revival. The last few years, you know, we have seen a rapid acceleration in antitrust law and policy development and major institutional and procedural reforms in a number of Latin American countries. Today, we'll talk about some of these key developments and ongoing reforms. And as an added bonus, we'll hear about some consumer protection developments in the region as well. Uh, We'd like to hand the mic to each of our guests for a short introduction first to tell a little bit more about yourselves. Where do you work and what you do? Perhaps Alexandre
2: first. Thank you, Christian. So my name is Alexandre. I work at CAGIE as a general superintendent. CAGIE is the antitrust authority in Brazil. I have been in CAGIE for the past four years. So, in CAGIE is a very independent institution, and we do cartels, mergers, and unilateral conducts.
1: I'm Paulo Trevisan, commissioner of the Antitrust Commission in Argentina for the last three, three years and a half. Uh, We're in a very transitional period in which sooner or later I will get no job because a new authority will be put in place.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is Oscar Garcia. I am the administrator of Acodeco. is the agency uh, in charge of consumer protection and antitrust matters in the Republic of Panama. I've been there in the agency for uh, the last 20 years. Four of the the last charge of uh, administrator that is, is... some kind in other countries as a president.
4: Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you here today. I'd like to open the floor to our panelists to really start by providing our listeners with a quick overview into your priorities and a few key developments in, your, in competition law and maybe consumer protection law in your regions. And I would start again maybe with Alexandre for Brazil.
2: Thank you very much. So Brazil, just want to highlight, first of all, that Brazil just launched its peer review and we just got in as associate uh, in OECD. So uh, it was this week and uh, March 25th. So, and this is one big thing for Brazil that's, it's happening right now. But talking about Kaji. If you look for the past 10 years, CAD was doing a lot of cartel works. So we're fighting against cartel. We're like putting all our effort to fight cartels, and especially in public procurement. We also have, uh, besides the lenience program, we also have a project that calls BRAIN that help us to find evidence uh, against cartels, and we depend on our own. So this is one good thing. And and what is brain means? Brain means uh, algorithm. We have a huge big data of public procurement with uh, the value of the bids for the past 20 years. For each company and each B to have the name of the partners of the company, where they move to, the relation between companies. We have the information from the customs. We have a lot of things that we can put together, develop algorithm and see a very nice result to try to figure out the standard and the behavior of each company and see if they are colluding or not. This is one important thing that is happening in Brazil right now. The other thing that is happening is after we develop this and I guess doing a, a good work in cartels, we decide to move to unilateral conducts. So in Brazil right now, we have to look at, especially to look at unilateral conduct, especially conduct because of the digital economy. So we're seeing giant companies, tech companies. And uh, this is a big deal in Brazil because we are facing some kind of some problems. Uh, Some people are complaining. And usually Brazil, because the structure of CADI, we was taking care much more about merging acquisitions and cartel than unilateral conduct. But the past two years, these numbers uh, rose a little bit. And we put putting more effort to, to unilateral conduct.
4: Thank you so much. I, I know from the international community, the BRAIN project is actually cutting-edge work that we're all interested in. And clearly, we're all looking at the digital issues, too. So um, more to come from Kajay on that. But I'm going to turn to Pablo Trevisan now about what's going on in Argentina.
1: Thanks, Liz. And thanks for giving us the opportunity to be here. We've been also using our brains to get on a very transitional period in, in Argentina, as you know, and I wouldn't, I, I don't want to be repeating here, but uh, as you know, we have a, a new act since May last year. There were huge changes uh, that are right now uh, going on in Argentina as a consequence of this uh, new act, That we can uh, go further with that if you want later. And uh, we have also decided on some important cases on the cartel side, on unilateral cases also. And we have also done a quite a, a great job on reducing the time frame and improving the quantity and quality of cases on merger control. These months, and, and actually the timing of this podcast, I think it couldn't be better because yesterday we, we just got a, the news of a new resolution that actually is the kickoff of the selection process of a new independent authority that is the main change of uh, the new law. So that's a process that will go on, and uh, we hope to have a new authority in place, as I said, more independent and decentralized of the uh, central, bo- central government uh, by September, October this year. So that that's definitely the best news in Argentina. And uh, on other issues, we right now we are also in the middle of a process, uh, in a project with the OECD on public procurement, and there are also some open cases related with public procurement, to which I cannot refer, especially because we're in the middle of an investigation. But uh, So there's a lot going on, but I would say mainly we are in a transitional period, and uh, that also needs from us a very creative way of working, and as I said, using our brains every day.
4: And there are some big brains there, too, so we have uh, uh, confidence that the, the reforms will be successful. Oscar, I'd like to turn to you because we don't often have an opportunity to hear about developments in Panama and the competition law and consumer protection issues. So I'd very much welcome your insights on these um, key developments and your priorities for the agency.
3: Thank you, Liz. We are currently, our emphasis is in fighting collusion in public procurement, especially in pharmaceutical sectors the social security institution, and in public works. We do not a lot of work in in mergers because our regime is a voluntary one, not not compulsory, with the exception of the mobile telecommunication that there is a a recent law that makes the, the mergers have to request our approval first. In consumer protection, the main Goal is to improve the housing sector. We have uh, almost 25% of our claims related to, to that sector. We have proposed an amendment to a law that may produce uh, some upgrades for the consumers uh, related with the, the time they can present and the claims and, and so on. And uh, as a matter of, of guidelines, we are currently working in a fine uh, guidelines about the amounts we impose after there is a decision at the courts and the procedure to impose at fines.
0: Thank you for this quick overview of recent developments. I'd like to follow up on some of the reforms that all of you have touched upon, perhaps starting with Pablo and Argentina as you mentioned, Pablo, Argentina has been undergoing a major antitrust reform. And last year, the Argentine Congress adopted a new competition law. Could you please tell us what key changes the reform has brought to the antitrust architecture in Argentina? And also how these changes will affect antitrust enforcement and policy in the country? Also about the progress of the reform, if you could talk a little bit about that. I know it would be of a lot of interest to our listeners
1: sure uh, as I said I, I one of the main changes is an institutional change in which we're going from a, a body that is dependent on the executive power like our commission to a more independent authority decentralized of the of the of the government so that as I said also that has already started so we're in the middle of the process and the jury will gather all the candidates and then we will have uh, the appointments of, of these candidates and uh, as I said by October we hope to have a new uh, authority in place. As for the other main changes in the law, uh, as you know, we did, I mean, the, the, the former law was absolutely outdated. So it was, as I said always, and this is a personal opinion, would not, only not deter, but it was a sort of a formal invitation to collude or to commit anti-competitive conducts. So in that sense, we have uh, increased the deterrence uh, on, on our current law. By increasing significantly, defines. the fines. The fines are defined uh, in a new process, in the sense of uh, they could be up to 30% of the t- annual turnover multiplied by the the year of the conduct. It could be double the illicit of uh, the illicit gains, and if none of those could be uh, identified, it w- there was a, a maximum fine of. Up to 200 million units. Uh, Each unit, to give you an idea, is half a dollar. So the maximum fine, if you cannot get those uh, calculations, would be up to $100 million. Apart from fines, we also updated the thresholds uh, on merger control, and we are going from an ex post system in practice uh, to an ex ante or pre merger control system. And I think it's also one of the main uh, changes because. And again, this is a personal opinion, I think ex post control of mergers is uh, definitely nonsense in my opinion. So we're going uh, back to normal on this uh, and and also not because as an authority it's very difficult to unscramble the ex when you're doing an ex post control of mergers, but also the incentives are not there for for the parties of the transactions. So uh, the incentives I think are going to be in the right place with a new pre-merger control and uh, last but not least, there is a huge uh, improvement or, or change on the damages actions uh, sector. This is not only in Latin America, Latin, sorry, Argentina. It's a, it's a probably in all Latin America in the sense of, I think, private enforcement has not uh, started yet. So we have had to give you an idea. Argentina has had some sort of competition law since 1923, and we have only two cases. The only one has been resolved and the other is still being under investigation in the judiciary. So we reformed that part of the system in the sense of allowing follow-on actions and Stalin actions both. And we also got some changes that if you want, we can go further on that in order to tackle some of the problems that I think might be suffering now in Europe uh, after the directive on, on, on damages which I think the way in which we resolve those issues might also help us to to get more private actions and also create more deterrence in general. And there's also a class action uh, bill that's being discussed right now in the Congress. Thank you, Pablo. I'm turning to Oscar now.
0: In Panama, there are some key potential antitrust reforms on the legislative agenda. Uh, Oscar, could you please tell us more about these planned reforms?
3: Yes. The the main objective of the reform is to take decisions in a shorter time frame currently we, are, we act as a kind of prosecutor and we have to to present suits against those enterprises and the judiciary power they are taking a lot of time some cases are taking up to 10 years to make a, a decision at the first level so it, that is not working well we are trying to turn our agency, not only for investigative, but also for taking the decision. And um, that anyone who wants to review the decision has to go to the Supreme Court. The proposal, the reform proposal is uh, currently a discussion with the government and with, the, with some trade associations, but we are not so yeah. positive that we have uh, this before the, the current government ends in June. So maybe we have to wait to the next government to see what happens. The other reform is related to the fines. Currently in Panama, the maximum amount of fines is only one million dollars. So for several enterprises, that amount is really ridiculous. So it's almost an incentive to collude so we have to, to try to get in tune with uh, the best practices, maybe establishing amounts related to a percentage of the turnover of the operation. We have to also make some amendments in the leniency program to make it real effective. The leniency pro- program has been in the law in the last 12 years, but we don't have single case yet.
4: Wow, that raises a lot of food for thought, and maybe for a few questions too. But I can't help but follow up on Pablo's statement that without pre-merger notification, uh, merger control is somewhat nonsense. So maybe I can turn to challenges, maybe including in the uh, post-merger notification area, to um, Oscar. Um, and just, you had mentioned a few leniency the fines being limited? Are there other elements that you would like to tell our listeners about that you're finding um, a challenge in Panama?
3: Yes, indeed, we have identified that the issue that we cannot give penal or civil immunity is maybe one of the main reasons for that. We have talked with the general prosecutor about this, but we have to uh, made reforms to the law in order to give off the power to bring those immunity.
0: Just following up on leniency, I think this issue has come up before as part of our discussion. Alexandre, you mentioned you know cartel enforcement and Kaji's robust cartel enforcement program. In addition, Kaji now has 15 years of experience using its leniency program, which over the years has been refined and fine-tuned a number of times. Uh, could you tell us about some of the recent Brazilian developments regarding applying your leniency program? Papai,
2: let me tell you one thing that is very important in Brazil. The leniency program is very consolidated right now. So you have 15 years of experience, and one thing that is very important in a leniency program is pretty predictability. This is important. And we have to preserve the golden rule. So Brazil is going in another direction from the rest of the world. If you see United States, Europe, and other countries, the lenience is going down. In Brazil, it's going up. One is because of Lava Jato case, the car washing case. Our numbers is impressive. If you see how many lenience we did in 2016, 2017, and 2018, if you put everything together, it's going to be around 80 leniences. So right now, I have kind of 28 markers that we are negotiating. So lenience is very important to discover cartels because... Cartels is a kind of conduct that you don't see the material proofs. So nobody sign a contract of cartel. You have to be someone inside of the organization to tell the history of the cartel and what happens. So in Brazil, we do lenience. We sign the lenience just with the first in. It doesn't mean that the second in, the third in, or the fourth in we're not gonna do any settlement with them. So we do another kind of settlement that calls cease and settlement. And what is the difference of the lenience and the, the cease and settlement? Is the structure of incentives. In Brazil, the lenience applicant has totally immunity of the administrative sanctions and also to the criminal sanctions. But the second one, the third, the third one, who is signing the season and Disease Settlement, they don't have criminal immunity, but they have up to 50% of discount. So this is a big difference of both settlement. And the convergence is all of them have to collaborate. So for the government, the important thing is stop the conduct and get evidences that so after that we can have a case and goes on with the procedures. Pablo, I understand uh, Argentina has a new uh, leniency regime. Uh, What can you tell us about it?
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, One of the reforms, the important reforms of the new act is that we are introducing a leniency program. Uh, We are following some similar leniency programs uh, around the globe. Like, I mean, the first to come, we get a total immunity, The second and the next ones may get between 50 and 20 percent reduction on the fine. We have also introducing a leniency plus program in the sense of if you cannot get on the first conduct, but you can also identify another conduct, uh, you can get also a benefit. The immunity or reduction of the fines is covering not only fines, administrative fines, but also criminal fines and damages. And uh, right now, what we've done last year, once we got the, the, the act, uh, we uh, drafted uh, some procedural rules for leniency applications, which were sent right now. They're under revision in the ministry and the legal, the permanent legal service of the ministry. And we hope we, we may, may have these uh, procedural rules of leniency out soon because they are very, very important. And following uh, my friend Alexander's uh, words, we need predictability here, and although we have, for example, the leniency program in the act, we have not received any any application yet. So we need those rules to get out soon in order to get that predictability and to guarantee confidentiality issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, and until we don't have that, we we don't expect to have uh, any applications, and and but but if we receive them, we have to deal with them.
4: Perhaps the two jurisdictions of uh, Argentina and Brazil will serve as models for agencies that are still experiencing issues with leniency like Panama. Just turning back to Pablo for a moment, you've spoken uh, eloquently on the substantive changes that we're um, we're in for with the new law, I was wondering kind of picking up on the procedural point with respect to leniency. are are there other procedural elements or issues that you're looking at in Argentina?
1: A uh, good question, Liz. Yeah, definitely. We are always, I mean we have had some very substantial changes with the new uh, acts. As I said, we're, we' had worked a lot on these procedural rules for applicant uh, for leniency we are also issuing a lot of guidelines on merge on the merger side and also on conducts Uh, last year we issued guidelines on unilateral conducts but I think it's also uh, very important to stress that sometimes you don't only need a a clear and very beautiful law but you also need uh, some specific rules of internal proceeding and uh, those types of rules that allow the, the authority to work in a very specific and proficient way. So sometimes, as I say always, sometimes the devil is in the details. So uh, you may have a very nice law, but I mean, if the application and the enforcement of the law is not the best, um, as good as that would be your policy. So I think in Argentina, we're going, uh, although we're going through very important and, and significant changes, I think the main issue here is that we are going in a path in which antitrust and competition law uh, needs to be a public policy. So once we got the new authority in place with this new act, a new authority that would be independent and with this uh, substantial and also uh, procedural rules in place, I I think we will finally reach a, a situation of a public policy. And antitrust in Argentina. I think it's absolutely necessary. And also, uh, we cannot forget that in Argentina, competition enforcement has some constitutional status. So in that sense, I think those procedural rules of proceeding uh, or internal rules of proceeding are very, very important for this and any authority uh, in the future. Uh, Alejandro? Kajë has recently issued several guidelines on uh, mergers uh, last year, the merger remedies
2: guidelines, for example. What can you tell us about recent practice at KJ with uh, merger control? So Kajë has also been very active in merger control. It's always a priority because we have the, the system of pre-merger notification since the new law in 2012. And this changed completely the way that you analy- we analyze the, the cases. Uh, so we have 240 days to analyze the case, but our average is actually 28 days. In, if you're talking about uh, fast track, it is 13 days. Some cases we can uh, reach up to 240 because it's so complex, so huge, so we need more investigations. So we have our guideline, uh, horizontal merge guideline. It's very consolidated as well with five clear steps how to analyze the merger, define relevant market. The second one is the the size of the the company, the market share. The third one is probability to use the market power. Uh, The fourth step is buying power. And the fifth one is efficiency. So, but last year, at the end of the year, we also launched our guidelines of remedies. And this is one big thing as well, because over there in that guidelines, we define what it is remedy. We also point what kind of remedy we really like it which one is very efficient or not. So over there, you're going to see that Brazil doesn't like behavior remedy because this costs a lot to monitor, that, to do the, the, the following this and see if it's working or not. And structural remedy is much more efficient and you do it right away. We also talk about how to implement the remedy, the time to do it, we talk about the process to choose who going to buy or not the assets uh, and all the things in, is in this guideline. So give us a lot of predictability as well. And also put the companies in a safe harbor to know what Kaji is doing in
0: each of the case. Well, it looks like we have reached the end of our program. We would like to thank our guests for joining us today. Uh, if our listeners have any questions or wish to follow up with you, how can they reach you? Oscar?
3: You can email me at ogarciac at acodeco.gov.pa. Thank you. Pablo? Uh, you can also reach me
1: to my email, uh, p-t-r-v-i at dot r that's uh, my email at the commission, or you can call us, and, uh, or you can find us on the web uh, the Commission Nacional de Defensa de la Competencia.
2: Thank you, Pablo. And Alexandre? You can find my contacts and can reach me uh, getting the CADe website. So, C-A-D-E.
0: This concludes another podcast with the ABA section of Antitrust. If you like what you heard, please join us in person at some of our upcoming conferences. Uh, details about our conferences are available at mbar.org/nitrust. Your hosts today were Christian Cotona,
4: Elizabeth Krause,
0: Kel Jatbaladi. Until next time and thank you for listening.